This is the PR Pod, the podcast that brings you expert tips for working in PR and finding your niche. With your host, Brooke Burns. This episode, I'm focusing on how to pitch to a journalist, and I'm joined by Alira Carroll from Tonic PR. Hi. Hi, Brooke. One of the core responsibilities you have as a PR is to get articles written about whatever it is you're trying to publicise. And this is a hard job for so many reasons. Regardless of what the item is you're trying to promote and how wonderful it is, the reality is journalists receive dozens, if not hundreds, of similar pitches a day. And that's really important to remember. You're one of many trying to achieve the same thing. So before we start getting into the how of pitching to a journalist, I think it'd be good to provide an insight into what a newsroom looks like so you understand what the environment is that you're pitching into. Alira, you've worked in a newsroom before when you were a journo. Can you give some insight into the basic setup of most newsrooms and how a journalist fits into them? Mm, it's so – it actually has is really helpful if you do know that. If you can get a bit of work experience in a newsroom, even if you're studying PR, do it. It'll help a lot. But all the newsrooms, they're slightly different depending on kind of the immediacy of the news. If it's a broadcast or a TV newsroom, for example – the chief of staff will get in there very early, like 5, 6 a.m. He'll have a whiteboard or she'll have a whiteboard with all the stories that they want to cover um, as well as things will pop up during the day, obviously, and then they'll assign, you know, which journal and which camera crew are going to which story and then the team just sort of go on that. So the chief of staff is, is the really important person in that um, instance, but they plan very early. So unless your story is groundbreaking like the premier or the prime minister is announcing something it's got to be kind of lined up well before online news uh, rooms are working just 24 on another hours. level of yeah, yeah fastness they are pumping out multiple stories so they're sort of all always sort of looking for stories but I, they would have a an editorial meeting in the morning again to pitch to their managing editor or the the chief of staff what stories they're covering that and day. that's usually about 10 o'clock. And it's the yeah. same with newspapers as well. It's, yes. it's roughly around that time. Yes, yeah. So you want to get in early. I mean, ideally, if you're pitching a big story, you know, coming in, swatting at 9 o'clock, getting your breakfast and then <laughs> sitting down, not going to help if you need that story to run that day. If it's a lifestyle sort of pitch, longer, longer uh, lead time, lead time, it's fine. Yeah. But if you have a hard news story, I mean, really, it's you need to be getting in there at 5.30, 6 o'clock in the morning, sending the alert out, uh, and then following up from kind of 8.30-ish, I guess. So they've already sort of seen it and they've been assigned. And especially for online and print, that journalist will go to that news meeting at, let's say, it's 10 o'clock, and they will need to put forward X number Pitch of... the of, idea. Yeah. yeah, and it's not just your idea. They've got a number of them. So you need to have convinced them yes. by that time that it is a good story. You've yes. given them... You've answered any questions they may have, and then they pitched into their editor or their chief mm. of staff or their um, whoever it is that they're you know responding to, and then that person says, "Yep, go ahead with it mm. or no," and then they'll come back to you, and you'll kind of will move from there. Yeah. And if if they don't get it over the line, they're not going to come back to you and say, "Oh, hey, thank you so no, much, Alira." Um, we're not going to go ahead with the story. Yeah. So yeah. news is is definitely a fast moving beast, and I think that's really interesting to think about when you think about pitching to a journalist. Sometimes it can seem daunting. But a lot of the time the journalists are 20-something-year-olds as well and the other, and they have to then pitch it to their editor. So they're just trying to gather the information so it's a winning pitch as well. Uh, so all the questions that they're asking you, it's just what their editor is going to be asking. Absolutely. So when it comes to your pitch, what are the elements that every pitch should have? And just to clarify, 
the pitch is either done by email or by phone and that is a tailored approach to each journalist. The media release is something completely separate and there's another whole mm. episode on that and that is really the, the background backup information mm. to the pitch. So the pitch components, what should they be? So I think if you visualise, because a bunch of journalists have actually showed me their inboxes and, for example, an editor of a really amazing, the highest rating sort of travel magazine showed me their inbox and it was pre- just reams of press releases. And, you know, it's you, you know when you've got a full inbox, you'll just scan something. You want words that pop out. You want something that creates emotion, kind of like what you're doing with your writing. Putting a boring, really long that gets cut off, like can't be too long, has to be very short. Think, you know, like six words maybe. Uh, and really For the subject heading? For the subject heading in Do you the put email. media release and then a semicolon or something, you just go straight into it. Do you know what I it? did? And then I spoke to a few journalists and they said, what a waste. It's, again, prime real estate. Mm. Don't waste it. Every journalist has their own preference. Old school journalists that have been doing it for 40 years might have a different view. They might like it so they can sort they things have, easily. Yeah. And yeah. the best thing to do when you're starting out in PR is to use all the people around you, their knowledge, and then also just get to know yeah. journalists. Get Ask them what they want. Exactly. You know, I, I, I think phone used to be the majority of pitches you had to pick up the phone and I still know there's certain journals that you just have to because that's what they like they don't really like checking emails but I would say the vast majority like the initial pitch in email now so but you're one of they could get a thousand emails in a day Absolutely. so it needs to stand out so really punchy um eye-catching subject line that want, makes them want to stop scrolling think of an Instagram feed and click on it then when you get to the body of the email, personalize it. There's no to whom it may concern when you're <laughs> no, doing a media pitch. editor. No. Hi. The, yeah. The yeah. biggest gripe that journalists say is that uh, the PRs that are pitching to them don't know them or who they write for, but know the person, what their name is, their spelling. It's very easy to mm-hmm. check that. To personalize, don't use too many exclamation marks and fluffy kind of. In fact, of, use no exclamation yeah, marks. TGIF, yeah, TGIF, unless you know them. Like yeah, it's, it's a professional Absolutely. environment. Um, and then essentially, you want they they don't have a lot of time, so that first one to two sentences has to tell them exactly what you're doing. I'm pitching you a story for X, Y, and Z. It's important, or your readers will love it because of. ABC. And it's for this section or I wanted yes. you to consider it for your monthly Q&A exactly. or whatever it is. How yeah. How is it relevant to the content that they actually write? Exactly. And you know what? That takes a lot of time. You have to, when you're building a matrix, you have to go and flick and look up and watch those things so you know that. And I think it's really important that you're clear with them that you are clear with the journalist about what assets are available. Mm. Have a link there to imagery. Here is all the imagery of the venue and the food and the mm. drink and, and the chef and the owner. Or um, I can make the spokesperson available all day tomorrow for a photo if you want to send a photographer out. Yes. And just keep in mind that the reality is that people sending photographers out are generally just newspapers these days. Mm. Websites do not have the budget. No to send a photographer out. So by all means say here are some imagery for you to have a look over if it's print, but mm. obviously we can make the spokesperson available for you. Well, and really it's you shouldn't pitch unless you have some kind of asset to provide. Yeah. Like that's super key. Those, they need, I mean, some websites can get a story up in in 15 minutes Absolutely. if it's that important. So there's no yep. kind of back and forth and, oh, we're getting images coming tomorrow. 
do not pitch unless you've got images. Absolutely. And I've had this with clients before where they've said, can you, we'll pitch out, but then we'll do the photos on Saturday and it's no. currently Wednesday. It's like, no, no we're, not pitching. we're not pitching until yeah. Monday totally. when I've got them in my hot little hands. Yeah. And then after assets, having who is available to chat to yeah, or if they can visit or something like that. And then very clearly your contact details. I'm reachable all day. Do not pitch in the morning if you're then in a meeting all day. You Absolutely. have to be contactable. You'll lose the story otherwise. And little things, make sure your font and your font size is uniform mm. in the, you know, that you haven't copied and pasted something over and it's from somebody else's email yeah. and it's a Times New Roman and then yours is Arial. And make sure your tone is right. And you kind of touch on this with the exclamation marks. But in PR, you... I guess it depends on your client, but you want to be relatable. Mm. You don't want to be overly formal. so Or overly casual. Absolutely. Everywhere. Mm. No. Yeah. So you've got to find a tone. And if you don't know where that tone is, and you probably won't if you've just started, mm. ask to read some emails from your manager that they think are a great example. Yeah. And you can get a sense of, of how things should be crafted. And make it succinct. You've got the media release yeah. with all the extra info if they want to read more. Don't basically rewrite the media no. release in the email and then have the email. Yeah. Right. It's just... It I mentioned, and I've attached the media release so you can get some yes. background information, but make sure it is attached. Don't yeah. say it is. And um, I know with Outlook, I don't know about other email programs, if you mention the word attach in your email and you go to send it, generally it will pop up and say... Really? Yeah. Have you, have you attached or mm. did you mean to attach it? So there usually is mm. a prompt... But do not rely on that. Just double check it. Take your time. And I don't attach. I copy media releases in the body of the email. Do you? Yeah. I just find it's one less step. I hate opening attachments. It's just one extra thing. So what about formatting then? You know, let's say it's formatted beautifully in the body of your email, Mm. but there's different different programs and someone's using an Apple and a PC. Yeah, Apple. Well, I did have an Apple and that that is actually quite difficult. Mm. I personally wouldn't use it. No, I don't use Apple either. (laughs) Um. Look, you can you can totally attach There's no right it, or wrong. There's no right or wrong. It's a personal preference. I am a real speed reader and I yeah. hate having to do extra things. So I will just scan and then it's there. I'm like, oh, I might as well read it because it's there. If I yes. have to think to open it, I won't open it. But the reality is your pitch is what gets it over the yes, line. absolutely. This is additional information. Yep. Absolutely. So whether you're reading it below or reading it attached, mm. It's not a big deal. Yep. It's it's the quality of the pitch mm. and the content of that. And I think your heading, your email subject line is really what gets it over the line. That's what gets it read or that the journal knows you. And, you know, that's one thing when you're pitching to a journalist, you are going cold and you're not going to know every journalist totally. But whatever you can do to try and become familiar with a journalist is absolutely going to help you. And it's really easy nowadays. You don't have to meet up for coffee with everyone. Follow them on Instagram yeah. or Facebook or Twitter engage with them and if you know you've got a pitch coming up they'll get it familiar everyone knows who's liking their stuff and then all of a sudden your name pops up in their email like oh that girl or that boy follows me yeah and it could be simple as like you said you know on social media and if you do happen to meet up with them for a coffee a couple of weeks earlier just letting you know i've you know we're launching a new beauty product in the coming weeks i can't tell you the mm. information right now but it should come with you know come by the end of may oh lovely looking Give forward to up. yeah and it's again it's it makes them feel like they are part of your little brand's family. Totally. The other thing to remember is there may be on small, very rare occasions, a double up with what you're pitching to to a couple of journalists. The angles may be the similar because their content's exactly mm. the same. So on those occasions, you may copy and paste the information from one email to another. 
Check make sure oh. you change the and name the and the publication mm. and it might be called something different so they one publication may have f- five minutes with and the other may maybe five questions with yes. so uh, if you don't change those details over uh, yeah <laughs> your email is deleted yes. you you know you have to give journalists respect mm. and and I certainly know I've done that before oh, and I've pressed send and I've it. thought oh bugger yeah. that should not have been there and I've sent an email saying I'm so sorry I mistyped I meant to say five questions yeah. with so everyone has to learn that lesson the hard way I absolutely but you're a bit more diligent journalists are so busy and so understaffed they're looking for reasons to just have to dismiss something like that's the only way of sometimes processing everything so don't give them a reason to delete your email yeah. because it's not, there's a great story there, but if you are spelling their name wrong and the subject line is all over the shop, it's just, it's unfair. You're not going to get your pitch through. And if you are uh, pitching from a media matrix, which is what you should be doing. And let's say you've got 15 things you're pitching for or 70 before you start pitching, you should be looking through those and working out if there is a particular order you need to do them in. Mm. Uh, have people got deadlines? So there's no point pitching something out at 3 p.m., for a newspaper the following day that should be pitched out at 7 a.m or yep. something like that to exactly. work through what's the order that you should be doing it to, to meet those either specific deadlines mm. or the general deadlines for that group of media and if it is a weekly uh don't and you know it comes out on a tuesday and their deadline is a friday afternoon don't pitch them on friday and expect them to come back to you they're not checking their emails no you know so knowing that schedule is really important one of the things you should consider before you start pitching is whether you want to pitch out an exclusive. So an exclusive means that a publication gets to run a story before anybody else does. And that could be um, a couple of hours in advance of other people. It could be 24 hours. It depends on the publication and I guess the subject matter. What are the elements you need to consider when you're deciding whether exclusivity is an important part of your campaign? Mm. I guess so. The what you want to get out of an exclusive is um, a, a story in the top, your ultimate amazing media target, and that could be a breakfast TV show. It could be the highest circulating women's magazine, or it could be the daily metro newspaper. And so the idea: journalists are all competing against each other to get the story right. So by giving a journalist an exclusive they know that no one else is going to run it it looks good for them it's good for their media outlet and so they are likely well that's the whole point is to give it a bigger run so you might get a cover story in the daily newspaper or you might get the lead on the news program or you know a bigger segment on a breakfast tv versus if you did just send it all out at eight o'clock one morning to everyone the big media outlets like well breakfast tv where they've got limited space and a cover page they've got limited space they're not going to go with something that they know everyone else is going to run so you kind of miss out that on that opportunity so you would choose that if you really want to make you've got a lot of messaging to get across or you really want to hit a particular target audience um then you would sort of look at doing an exclusive and if you feel that that publication would not cover it in any way if you didn't if you didn't and it is really important important for that There are some publications that are quite broad with the content and they don't care so much, Mm. but others are very, very particular. Mm. And if it's of the utmost importance to your client or your manager Mm. that you get uh, a piece of coverage in that media outlet, then that is probably something that you're going to have to consider. Um, 
you should also keep in mind the exclusivity period and be very clear on that. Mm. So, for example, if it is an online publication you're giving it the exclusive to, maybe say you've got the exclusive for four hours or until midday on this day, just so it's very clear and they don't think they've got 24 hours exclusive mm. and you think they've got a one-hour exclusive. So just clarify what that is. Yeah. One thing to keep in mind is that publication groups and certainly now more than 10 years ago, often have a number of outlets underneath an umbrella. Mm. So you may be able to get an exclusive run in a newspaper and then as well as their online mm. site at exactly the same time. Mm. So you can have a chat to the journalist about that and if, if there's any other options that you can kind of utilise. And also their social channels too. Don't yes. forget about those. One thing to keep in mind, and you will not know this if you've, if you've just started pitching it, but you should certainly find out with from your team is if there's any negative history with managing exclusives from that publication Mm. i know from my television days there were certainly one publication but potentially a couple of publications that uh, didn't abide by certain conditions of an exclusivity they broke embargoes and we'll get to embargoes in a in a second so if someone has a bad reputation Mm. of of not doing what they should do. They don't keep their word. They don't mm. keep their word, then you need to keep that in mind. Mm. So ask around the team if you if you do have to do an exclusive, anything you should know about that journalist, mm. about that publication that you need to keep in mind. Well, and be prepared because, you know, there's people, they're trying to sell papers or advertising and if it means, if it's that juicy of a story, that'll get you like the stories that you were working with with celebrities and things that will get a lot of traffic to their website or to their program. And you know what? You might be dealing with a journalist too who's like, yep, definitely, but then the powers that be say, I want to run it, and they press go. Absolutely. A lot of bad things happen. So be prepared for what you would do if that happens, I agree. And think about how it will affect the competitor publications if you do provide that exclusive. Mm. So if you're giving it to one newspaper over another, you will not get that story yes. running in the other newspaper. Is that a problem? No, maybe it's not. Maybe you've maybe you've chosen the newspaper that's got the best demographic for mm. your target audience. If it's online, generally they are less particular. There are certainly some online publications that are geared towards that having those exclusives. Mm. So you just have to make sure you understand the consequences mm. of providing exclusive. And you can have that chat like you would probably go with the mo- the most difficult and the most difficult challenging to get a story up in and the highest circulating and then say we're happy to give you the broadcast exclusive but we're going to do a print exclusive different photo op or different asset um different quotes sort of thing but just so you know we're covering print and broadcast check with them but be transparent if that's what you're going to do and yeah you're right there are some circumstances when you'll find they don't care so much all they care about is that direct competitor yeah they're direct two, three, five competitors, they're the number one. They don't really care about anybody else. Yeah, that's a good point. We touched on this, but just to clarify, an embargo is very different to an exclusive. Mm. So an exclusive is providing that information to someone so they they get the opportunity to run it before anybody else. An embargo is providing information to a journalist in advance but having a day and time specified on there that they have to adhere to when it comes Mm. to running the information. What are the benefits of pitching an embargoed media release? So I know with newspapers, embargoes are really good because obviously they don't come out until the next day, but they need to be writing the story pretty early the previous day or ideally even have it 
earlier than that. So with print, that's quite handy. They can get their story ready to go and then it's obviously not out until it's delivered the next morning. Um, With things like, I guess if they need to do, you need something to come out on a particular day, but you also need them to do interviews and, and that sort of thing it's good to kind of do that um, in advance. But most, I know in my experience, we've used embargoes with print to help them sort of catch up because these days, like online, they can get a story up in 20 minutes, yeah. 15 minutes. I've been in courtrooms where <laughs> the verdict has literally been given and within two minutes the story's yeah. up because they've written the vast majority and then they just press go when yeah. the verdict's given. So they operate on a completely different sort of timeline. So I think sometimes it's almost to bring everyone up to a, almost a similar yeah, kind of deadline it's a good way as well of thinking about that it. can be used. Um, financial results or anything like that, you know, awards, mm-hmm. if you wanted to, to do that, embargoes are a good way. But they're never – I think most people are pretty respectful of them. I would say never most. 100%. No. Another thing to consider with online is you may obviously get a story up straight away with an online publication, but they may have a weekly newsletter. And let's say that weekly newsletter comes out every mm. Wednesday morning at 10 a.m., if you're pitching something out on a Tuesday, there's a very good chance they've already locked off the content for that newsletter so that you're not going to make it into the Wednesday newsletter. And by the following Wednesday, you're old news because they've mm. had seven days of more important mm. news coming out. So if it's important to get into that newsletter, Absolutely. you should be pitching on the on the Monday or the Friday prior so they have a chance to collate the information to consider is this important enough to, keep, to put into our newsletter or not. And generally with online... Unless it's very newsy, if it's a lifestyle website, they don't mm. often require a, a chat. No. Occasionally they do. They always use the, photo- the photos you provide because they don't have the budget for yeah. a photographer. So usually it's a very simple process. You send the information. Yeah. Um, you just have to be very clear that a document is embargoed. Sure, you might mm. have it on a media release. It, it has to be within the email pitch as yeah. well. Highlight it, put it in red, underline well, and, it. And I would give a heads up of it first. So this is the, the story that we have, like – the gist of it. Yes. This is the sort of thing that I'm happy to give it to you under embargo by for this date. So then they agree with it. You can't, if you just send it to them, they haven't had to agree with it. And I have heard journos before saying, well, you sent it to me. I've got the story. Well, yeah. Like, I didn't agree I didn't to agree it. To it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you sort of do that and then you would send them the full details. Yeah. It's very much mostly n- news. Yes. Um, or if you had like a really big international product launch that, you know, you were timing things with the globe, that might be important too. I and guess. when that happens, uh, and again, back to my TV days, it had it really came into play when we were announcing the winner of MasterChef or Australian mm. Idol or those big reality shows that for three months have kind of been captured, yeah, captured yeah. you know, everyone's attention. And, you know, we know that... The win will be announced at 10.30 on a Tuesday night and we've provided an embargo or an exclusive on that information. And then sometimes it, it's the the news editor or the chief of staff goes, mm. you know what, this information is too good. We're going to break the embargo. Yeah. Although we've agreed to it, we're going to break it. And we'll just say, I certainly know one occasion where I'm sure that happened. They said, oh, it was a problem with our IT yeah. and something went out <laughs> and, you know, and it, so they broke it let's say 20 minutes earlier. But it almost crashed their website from the traffic. Yeah, yeah and you them. might think, well, 20 minutes early is not such a big 
problem. Well, in those days when you had 2.5 million people across Australia yeah. tuning in to see who won, and at the same time they're checking on Facebook and the winner is plastered all over yeah. that site and being shared Kinda on social media, it. Yes. it kills it. Yeah. It kills a relationship between that, you know, for Channel 10 mm. or whoever you're working for in that brand. But if that happens... There's a couple of things you can do. Obviously, if it breaks online, you can contact that journalist mm. and make sure you have their mobile number. If, you, if you're giving them an embargo and exclusive, you have to have their mobile mm. number and you call them and get them to t- take it down straight away. Yeah. Sure, it may be up for five minutes or 10 minutes or something, but you may be able to help it out there. Another alternative is you let the other publications mm. know. I know you had to wait to 10.30, unfortunately. We've had a publication that's broken it. Yep. It's 10.20 now. You're, f- mm. you're free to run it. Or please do not run it. I know you may have seen mm. they have run it, but we still haven't made mm. this announcement. And can you just hold back for 10 minutes? And there's going to be, yeah. you know. One famous case comes to mind was when Prince Harry was in the army and he was on a mission and all media had been instructed by the royal family not to basically come out with it. And all pretty sure all UK and US and basically everyone around the globe agreed not to. And it was, I think it was New Idea or an Australian magazine that broke it. Basically put the entire thing in jeopardy and he had to come back to the UK. Because it was his um, security. Security, Yeah. 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 He was compromised. So, you know, it happens at every level. So be careful. There's another uh, way to go about pitching. And I would only do this in very, very select circumstances. And that's providing a draft media release to a journalist so there's a lot of things around this you need to be mindful of a the reason to do that is if you know a journalist has a particular deadline so you know let's say the journalist writes a weekly column the column comes out on a tuesday and their deadline is a thursday the week prior so you can't send them the information on the monday and make into that tuesday newspaper and again by the following week will be too old so it's the thursday prior they need the information and but you don't have the media release final it's going to be Mm. finalized over that weekend you can if you have had sign off from your manager and the client and whoever else you need to you can provide a draft media release Mm. i would only do this for one or two journalists when it's absolutely necessary if you trust them Mm. if you know you can get the complete information to them by by their deadline so Mm. let's say you're give them the draft on the monday but by the thursday when they go to print you know that you can give them the, the updated information but again that allows them to be able to craft that story mm. and do their interviews and to start to write it. Mm. Well, in fact, they can write it completely. And mm. then on that Thursday that they go to print, they can just adjust whatever the smaller details are that had to be clarified. Totally. So, Well, and you could do that with, you know, think about exclusives. It's not necessarily even when the product or the, the, the item is launching. You could actually, like if you were working on a product doing previews so getting uh journos in you know if it was a scientist creating something like along the way so then they can actually write about the production of it as well there's so many angles you don't have to wait until no launch to get media coverage you can actually build some really strong amazing relationships with journos who'll be very supportive because you've brought them on the journey early in the lead up to launch as well so once you've got that pitch out there there's follow-up and sometimes Mm. the follow-up is the most crucial part of actually Mm. cementing in coverage when is it appropriate time to follow up post the initial pitch not the same hour certainly Um, look it really depends also on what your pitch is right so if it's super urgent 
uh, you know, a news, hard news story that needs to be on that night's news bulletin or in the paper the next day, you're going to have to follow up pretty quickly. And I, my sort of tactic is calling the chief of staff, letting them know that it's either coming through or I've just sent the email through and just sort of giving them a heads up because they've got so many emails in there and sort of pitching it on the phone as well. And then if I haven't heard back within an hour, I'd, I'd call back again. Someone will always answer the newsroom yes. in a TV or radio or uh, newspaper often, Yep. Um, a news desk. Otherwise, if it's not urgent, if it's not for that day, don't call that day no. at all. No, leave it a while. It really is the, due to the time sensitivity. If it can run in a few days' time, Ideally, leave it at least till the next day. Ideally, a couple of days later. Give them time. You know, not everyone clears their inbox every day, no. right? There's a lot there. So give them time to process And sometimes it. it's not important for their news cycle to no. run news as soon as it yeah. runs. They may be happy to run things yeah. in four or five days' time. So by you pressuring them, it's just going to annoy them. Totally. I remember I was working on a weekly magazine and I would get a million press releases, but I would also have folders for things like they would pitch things that were coming up the next month. I would print it. I wouldn't always reply to them because there was just so many emails. I would print it out and I would put it in the August folder or whatever. Yeah. And then when it got to August, I'd open up that folder and then I would yeah. contact them or I would file it in my email inbox. So you've also got to remember that too. Their their priorities are not your thing that's happening in three weeks' time. They're thinking about today, tomorrow's news stories. Uh, when I do follow-ups with emails, I tend to – I forward – the email, so you've got the original email underneath. So the attachments are still there. The attachments there. are yes. still there. So that's really important because if you just reply yeah. all, you lose the media release. Yes. I tend to put a follow-up in capitals in the subject mm-hmm. heading. Um, some journalists don't like that. So like you have said previously, you hopefully have addressed how mm. they like to be approached already. I tend to change the email subject line just yes. to have another crack. Yeah. yeah. And you should be including some new angles in there. I mean, again, it depends on your journalist. There may be some journalists, I certainly know in the hospitality industry, if they're going to write about a venue, they don't need any more angles. They're either going to write about the venue, puts of interest, or it's not. But if it's a news angle, Mm. certainly you need to go back with that follow-up email and Mm. and have some additional options in there that they could consider. Absolutely. We're doing um, a pitch at the moment. So we're working with this amazing world record-breaking adventurer. And we're doing some profile pitching for him. And so one of them is Australian Story. Mm. And the other one is, so that's a more of a longer play. Yes. Um, And it's obviously multi, multifaceted with lots of um, different interview subjects. But the other one is the project. And we really want to get the project. So we're also in the pitch saying we need to know by X date. If we don't hear from you or if we don't get an answer by that X date, we will... Assume you're not interested. Because the thing is, sometimes you could be waiting for three weeks and then you miss the boat completely. So if there's time sensitivity on it, you have to be clear about that. When you are following up with journalists, how do you word them? Do you just repeat the same email you've had previously? Uh, No, because they've got that below because you've forwarded it with the attachments, etc. I would usually say something brief because they can scroll down and see, um, just checking in whether this with something of interest. If not, I've got a few other ideas. I always, even with the pitch and the follow-up, I'll always end with a question like, let me know what I can do to make this work for you. I just, it's like a mental thing. If someone reads and there's a question, they feel like a bit more. They should respond. They should respond. Yeah. Rather than if you just say, 
thanks. Look forward to hearing yeah. from you. It's sort of like, yeah, great file. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's a good point. So there's all these little little things. You know what? You can learn a lot actually if you listen to any podcasts or read anything about sales techniques. Mm. We're essentially selling something, yeah. right? So there's some there's some good tips that you can take from that. In terms of how many times you follow up, again, there may be some things that are time sensitive. Yes. So like you've said, you've given them a deadline and you've followed up by phone. When do you stop? you got to take a hint, right? Yeah. So <laughs> I think I think if you've followed up, there might be some, and this is really comes from more knowing the journalist, so after a few years, I, I, I really think max twice. So initial pitch and then two more times after that? Yeah, but yeah. I think even two is a bit of a stretch. I agree. There's often times where the people, yeah, they've just not got to it or whatever. Um, I really do think if they haven't got back to you after the pitch and a follow-up, they're not interested. Take the hint. But you do have to you have to think to yourself, have I done everything I can? Yes. Have I given extra angles? Was it just the first angle? So if you've kind of done that, and I think if you, you can do the follow-up on phone, I find most times you say, oh, I sent the email a few days ago about blah, 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 blah. Uh, they'll probably not have read it. Yeah. But it does bring them they say, oh, could you re-forward it to me or can you send it to me again? And then you do get to have that extra thing. But it does sort of get you top of mind. But they don't, journos definitely don't like the initial pitch on phone. And probably the final thing to think about with the follow-up is – Make a note of when you should follow up with your tasks. Mm. Time management is crucial, mm. especially if a story is time sensitive. You don't want to think, oh, my God, I've just totally missed the opportunity and I haven't followed yeah. up. So if you're pitching to 70 different publications, I wouldn't necessarily expect you to have 70 different task items there. Mm. But I would group them together and say mm. follow up with all AM radio yep. morning drive at, at this time on this yes. day or – in four days' time, and it may be different times. Maybe you may give two days for mm. uh, a breakfast interview. It may be four days for online, whatever is specific to your content and your time frame and, and the particular media that you're pitching to. Mm. But make a note of it because no one can expect you to remember when to do Absolutely. all this stuff. So track and, it. And also things like you think about if you're releasing something that can only go that morning, right, it's, it's that day, you can still give a heads up to journos because yes. I think – they, like everyone, they plan their day and they plan their stories and everyone's got so much on. So if they have a heads up, you can contact them a week before. Even if you were doing a media call, you would send the media call, the bare bones of it, a week before, put it in your diary, something's coming on this day. Yep. At least it's on their list. Yeah. If you surprise them, and obviously yeah. it happens if something's just broken, but if you surprise them, that you've got less of a chance of getting on their news agenda. And that's what I tend to do, especially with the hospitality venues when they launch is I will do exactly that. The week prior, I will say next Tuesday, you're going to be getting some information about this venue. They probably would already know that that venue is launching because mm. I've already done pre-announcements, but just to let you know, we've got a, we've got a launch date. You'll get all inf all the information mm. on the Tuesday plus a link to images. And I'm like, great. I can factor it in for the newsletter. And, mm. and sometimes that information is not even embargoed. It's just a case of, this is the day you're going to get it. They'll get it in the Absolutely. morning. Um, it's not necessarily a surprise. They, As I said, they've known mm. that that particular venue is launching, so I've given them the name. They're, they're yeah. either interested in it or they're not interested not. in it. So, yeah. And they can kind of plan. I know when we've done – we did a big press conference with for the ICC T20 Women's World Cup and we sent the media call with kind of the date and where it was going to be seven days out and then we sent it again the morning of at like 5 30 in the morning and so some broadcasts had already had it in the calendar and was so when we called they were like yep we've got it on our list others hadn't mm -hmm. but you know you've kind of at least done a bit of the legwork and you're not relying on that morning 
Okay, so let's recap on the most important things to consider when pitching to a journo. So I'm going to start off by saying be succinct and clear about how that information is relevant for each individual Mm, journalist, not just I've got a venue that's launching, it's great, it's in the middle of the city, Mm. let me know if you're interested. Yeah, tailored and make them think that you actually have read what they or listened to or Mm -hmm. watched what they do. Uh, Give them enough time. Yes. Yeah. That can be a really important thing and that you can miss crucial coverage from that perspective. Always have imagery. Mm. Like we've talked about, newspapers will most of the time be sending their own photographer, but everyone else is going to take your imagery. So do not be pitching Absolutely. unless you have that imagery ready to go. And I think probably finally follow up. Don't just mm. pitch and assume they're going to either come back to you or not come back to you. It may take another pitch, another follow-up and then, you know, yeah. two follow-ups in Hustle. total. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's part. That's a big part of our job. I think it's one thing that's probably clients don't think of too. They, oh, you just send an email to them. Yeah. Right? Well, no, most of the work is in the legwork and the reframing stories because that's the other thing. You'll pitch and they go, yeah, I like this little bit, but could we get something more? And then you've got to go away and see if you can make that happen. And there's a real, in an ideal journalist relationship, journalist and PR relationship, there is that kind of mutual respect and resourcefulness that you'll create this story together. Yeah, I agree. I think that's it. Great. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks. And if there's any topics you'd like discussed in an episode, just head to the website and drop me an email. Thanks for listening to the PR Pod. For more expert tips on working in PR, head to www.theprpod.com.